Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Are there any quilters out there that have avoided making a t-shirt quilt? I always said I would never make one when I started quilting. And now at this point, I have made two and I have a plan for one more. (laughs) In my opinion, t-shirt quilts are hard and tedious and not my usual enjoyable time spent quilting. Um, The first t-shirt quilt I made was from high school jerseys for a friend's husband. Uh, The second one I made was from a variety of clothing for my cousin's mother-in-law who passed away. And then the third I'm planning is for my husband's concert t-shirts. And the only reason I volunteered to make them into a quilt is because they are now sitting in multiple boxes in our closet and I want to free up that space for my own clothes. (laughs) I just think that at some point in a quilter's life, They'll be asked to or end up making a t-shirt quilt. So today I'm sharing some tips for making it easier. First, let's talk about planning your quilt. Shirt sizes and logo sizes all vary, and you may need to fit together a lot of different size pieces of fabric in the quilt. So to help plan, use graph paper to sketch out a design make a scale so that each square of graph paper equals a standard number of inches. So I've done quilts in a few different ways. Um, I either group things together that have similar widths or similar lengths so I can match things together in vertical or horizontal rows, or I've tried to make all the blocks the same size by adding sashing to odd-shaped designs to make them square. I've also looked up quilts patterns with large blocks and pieces. For instance, I did a t-shirt quilt using a pattern that called for 10-inch squares. My t-shirts I was working with had smaller designs, so I used those in place of 10-inch blocks, then added some t-shirt backings and some cotton fabric for the more like intricately pieced designs such as triangle squares. You could also find a pattern using 12 or 15 inch blocks and just sub in t-shirt squares for the blocks and then piece it into a setting. T-shirt quilts don't have to be limiting in patterns. Just something to keep in mind that if you're using sashing or adding cotton to the quilt, um, pre-wash it before sewing it to the t-shirts so that the the sashing or that cotton fabric doesn't shrink differently than your t-shirts might. Next, let's talk about cutting and prepping your fabric for sewing. So the most economical way to deconstruct t-shirts is by cutting along the seams with either a scissors or a rotary cutter. And that way you can use both the front and back of the shirt in your quilt. Once you've deconstructed the clothing items, you want to stabilize them in some way before cutting them to size. 
knit fabrics especially can stretch, they can curl at the ends. So when you're trying to cut them and sew them, it can be kind of frustrating and it can also make for a very wonky quilt. So there are many iron-on stabilizers available in stores. Um, I would look for a featherweight, lightweight, or sheer stabilizer. Um, that keeps the t-shirts still soft and comfy in your quilt, but just provides a little stability to help with the cutting and sewing process. I personally love to use a spray stabilizer. Um, the brand I use is called Terial Magic. And you spray it on the t-shirt fabric, let it dry, and then you iron it to smooth and stiffen the fabric. It makes the t-shirts really easy to work with, and then the, the spray just washes out once the quilt is done. The spray is a messier option, I will admit that. Um, so I usually only do it on a nice day when I can spray and dry the shirts outside. Now, when you're pressing the fabric, remember to keep in mind the material you're ironing. So for instance, jersey fabric does not need as much heat as knit or cotton material. And in fact, many materials on jerseys or logos printed on shirts can melt when they're touched with a hot iron. So it's best to press from the back of the design, change your heat settings as needed, or use a pressing cloth. Now let's talk about sewing. It's recommended to use a jersey needle and a 100% cotton thread when sewing together knit fabrics. Although I have used a normal universal needle before without too many problems, uh, but the jersey needle has a rounded tip instead of a pointed tip. So it pushes through the fibers of the t-shirt without ripping them, as opposed to a universal needle, which will puncture the fibers. So using this type of needle just helps prevent tension issues or skipped stitches. And lastly, let's chat about finishing a t-shirt quilt. You want to make sure to pre-wash your backing fabric because, you know, t-shirts have generally been washed and dried many times throughout the years and they'll not shrink. So washing your backing fabric before quilting will keep your quilt from looking too puckered. T-shirt quilts can also be heavy. So a thin 100% cotton batting will help keep the weight down if that's a concern. Some people like a heavier t-shirt quilt, um, but depending on what backing you're using, if that's like a plush or heavier fabric, you might want to stick with a thin batting. You can also check the batting label to see how densely you need to machine quilt your quilt. So if you won't be quilting larger areas of the quilt, maybe due to logos or t-shirt designs you don't want to stitch through, you want to make sure your batting type supports that. So most battings call for stitches between four and 10 inches apart. So you can kind of choose accordingly once you know how you'll be quilting the quilt. And there are so many fun options for machine quilting the quilt. Of course, you can do really simple quilting or just an all over design, but t-shirt quilts already have a theme and a personality to them. So you can custom quilt it with like important dates names, motifs such as sports or music themes, you know, anything you can think of. So that machine quilting kind of becomes an extension of what that person loves. So it's like hiding secret message quilting in the quilt for the person to discover later on. So I hope these tips help. If you're ever making a t-shirt quilt, uh, I get more and more confident every time I make one. Um, and while they're still not my choice of project, uh, they really are a meaningful gift to give to others.
We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're chatting with Natalie of the Ginger Quilter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome back. A few weeks ago, I had the chance to chat with Natalie of the Ginger Quilter. We featured her subscription box in our December gift guide last year. And since then, she's come up with lots of new exciting things. So I was happy to chat with her about it. Listen in. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, Natalie. Thanks so much for having me. So to start, why don't you give us a little intro of yourself and tell us how you started sewing and quilting? Sure. Um, First of all, I had a grandma who was an award-winning quilter. She was the master of needle turn applique. So growing up, I always knew grandma loved quilting. She was always, always had like a hoop in her hand and was hand quilting something. So I had that as a role model, but as a young kid, I wasn't interested in doing that. So uh, it wasn't until I first got married that I got this kind of, I guess, domestic desire to start creating stuff. And um, so I got a sewing machine and I actually started first making stuffed animals. Um, And this is around the time that Pinterest kind of came into its glory, I guess. (laughs) All of us knew what Pinterest was. Um, And so I would try different little stuffies or whatnot. And um, I had a sister who was into quilting at that time and she would show me pretty fabrics that she saw. And I kind of, I got interested in it that way. Um, And then I fell in love with this fabric line by Art Gallery. It was, I know what it was, it was Bari J and it was the Joie de Vivre um, fabric line. And I would go look at that line like three times a day online. And so I finally, it must've been my birthday or something. I just was like, that's what I want. I look at this all the time. I have to have this fabric. So I bought it and I made a quilt and that was the first quilt I made as an adult. I had made like patchwork as a teenager, but nothing serious. And then, um, I had a friend at that time who invited me to a local quilt guild at the same time. And it kind of was this perfect storm And I just never looked back. I've been like totally devoted ever since. I love it. I feel like it happens that way where as soon as you like start thinking about quilts or start sewing, like you realize it's everywhere and people, you know, do it. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) I never knew this world existed until now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I feel like I got into quilting the same way where I was seeing all this pretty fabric and I started buying it with no plan. And then eventually I was like, I own too much fabric. Like I better start 
using it for something. <laughs> go to use somehow, right? Yeah. Um, so you own the ginger quilter and the box, the subscription box. So why don't you share with our listeners what that is, um, kind of where that idea came from and maybe how it's kind of developed over the years and grown. Yeah, absolutely. So at this time when I was deep into, well, I'm still deep into quilting, but when I first got deep into quilting, um, I was kind of, I wanted to consume all the products. I was voracious. And so I found um, a subscription box online and that was the Maker Valley box. And she, um, Holly Lesway was putting out this box and I just loved it because it was little bite-sized quilts for me to try, particularly because I wasn't super um, confident yet in my skills. And so these smaller quilts were a fun way to consume patterns and fabric in a bite-sized way. So, um, so I subscribed to her box for several months and then I got this really sad letter that she was no longer going to be doing it, which is fine. You know, that business is that way. So I was so sad though. And I thought, well, what am I going to do now? So I just thought, well, shoot, why don't I do it? And so I decided that I would put together a box in just kind of this craze of confidence. I decided I was sure, no problem. I know nothing (laughs) about business. So let's go in. And so I registered my business and I bought some products and put it together. And, um, and that's how it started. That was in 2020 actually. And I didn't know, you know, I like registered my business in February before the pandemic hit and, um, had no idea that online shopping for quilt products was going to be such a big deal. It was just kind of a, I guess, a happy accident. Um, and things went really well and I was received really well. Um, and it's just grown from there. I have, um, in each box you get a pattern, the fabric to make the pattern in each box. I try really hard to include everything that you need to the best of my ability so that you don't need to take extra trips to the fabric store and that you can just open the box and start sewing. Okay. So you get the fabric, the pattern, the, a notion and a treat and a small gift. And the gift could be quilting related, or it could be like a chapstick or a bath bomb or something totally unrelated. So um, I love this. Cause I feel like this is maybe every quilter's dream where you just get to shop for all of your favorite things and then give them away to your quilty friends. <laughs> yes, it, it really, yeah, it is pretty much awesome. I get to be all involved with all the new stuff in the industry and I get to buy it and then I get to send it away. So it's really fun. <laughs> How do you like track down like the products or the fabrics or patterns? Like, do you see things on Instagram? Are you like always kind of like keeping tabs on what's new or what people are loving? Definitely. I have definitely Instagram and I try to keep track of um, designers I like for, and then fabrics. Uh, I'm always going through all the new catalogs that we get from the fabric manufacturers and and seeing, you know, oh, I like that one. No, that one's not going to work. And so I'll kind of keep a running list in my head and on my phone and on my computer. I have several lists. They're all for the same reason, but (laughs) they're in different places. So fun. And then you recently launched a new box called the Fat Corner Crush Club. Uh, Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I've been trying to expand my offerings. Um, So 
the fat quarter crush is kind of the ginger quilter box light. So um, instead of getting a project and a pattern, um, you're just going to get eight fat quarters every month. And those are going to be different each month. And they are not the same ones that you would get in the, the ginger quilter box. They're totally separate. So um, yeah. And the idea is just that you have enough fabric to kind of get started on a project, whatever project you decide you want to do. And hopefully that's inspiring to you and fun to get in the mail. And then do the fabrics all like coordinate with one another? Are they like same kind of like genre fabric or color palette or? Yeah, typically I, I favor um, seasonal things. So like in the spring, I'm going to send probably a lot of flowers and the fall, I'll probably send leaves, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they do coordinate with each other. And they're meant to be used in the same project. Okay. Yep. I know sometimes Um, like people like to buy like stash builders, like, oh, I, I never have enough of this color, but I like that you can just open this box and like pick your own pattern. There's a lot of fat quarter friendly quilts out there. So you don't have to search too hard to find one you love and get quilting. Absolutely. And I actually just announced, um, I'm doing a 12 days of Christmas box. Oh, which fun. is not a subscription. So it's a little different than my other things, but um, it's so, I mean, you guys probably know all about like an advent calendar, yep, um, yep. how every day you open one box or yeah, one box within the big box and there's a little surprise inside. It's like that, but there's only 12 um, for each day of the 12 days of Christmas. Uh-huh. So that is um, something new I've offered as well. And I've been really excited about that. I'm still nailing down the details, but it is for sale for pre-order. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how this is all going to fit together for December. I love that you like 2020 wasn't that long ago that you started, you know, your business. And now a few years later, you have all these different offerings. That's I know. Like, how do you, where do you store all of this stuff? Oh my gosh. Oh my (laughs) gosh. My, It's all in my house right now. I use a corner of the garage and then my husband laughs that like I use the other half of the house for all my stuff and I don't mean to, but we're it's always in flux. It's always like rearranging. So I have an office and then there's an extra room that's kind of the spillover and then the garage. So anyway, it's <laughs> it's I could probably use some organizational tips if anyone has them. I think so. you just made like a a second house. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it's getting to that point. Hey, we have to take a quick ad break, but we'll be back soon with more from Natalie. Um, Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, So you are a mom of two girls. How do you make time to sew and run a business and get creative? Like that is a lot on your plate. Sometimes it does feel like a lot, but other times, you know, we, we hit a groove. Um, I guess it, the summer is, you know, kind of this twilight world where things are always in flux, but let's go on like a normal school day where my kids are in school. I have two little girls. Um, one of them is eight and the other one is five. So my five-year-old will be starting kindergarten and they only do half day kindergarten here in Utah. So, um, so anyways, my Mornings are typically devoted to being a mom and I try to, you know, get the kids ready for school, get them off. And then I'll work a little bit while they're gone and, um, do what I can 
And then in the afternoons, when they are home, I try to let that be devoted to them. We'll run errands, we'll clean the house, we'll hang out, whatever. And then most of the work that I do get accomplished is after they're in bed. And I am a night owl, so that totally works for me. But um, I guess if I was an early bird, I'd work before they woke up, but that's just like never going to happen in my <laughs> life. So I'm working after they're in bed for a few hours and then um, that seems to work for us. And on packing days, when I'm packing my boxes, the girls kind of understand that I got to work um, throughout the day and we might send them to a friend's house or have a babysitter come, something like that. But um, those are not the, the normal day. I try not to make that standard. That's just once a month when I'm shipping. Yeah. They'll have to get involved soon and help you pack the boxes. Yes. They, they do like to help sometimes my youngest loves to help, but sometimes I'm kind of like, okay, that's enough helping now. (laughs) Right. um, My oldest, I thought she would never want to help. So it's just really not her thing. And, but just recently she started showing an interest and I'm thrilled. (laughs) Get them. Do they sew at all? Have they sewn? They do a little bit. My oldest has this like never ending desire to create. She is always crafting so much stuff, um, but not always with fabric. She's usually playing with paper and stickers and glue and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while, she'll say, mom, can I sew this or that or stuffed animal or something? And I try to let her have some freedom there. Although it's really hard for me to let go of the control <laughs> of my little world here. So anyway, but yes, they do like to sew a little bit. Oh, fun. So, um, you had a post on Instagram recently about what to do when you lose your sewing mojo. So do you have like wise words of wisdom to share with our listeners? Cause I think that happens to all of us. Oh yes. I've been, I've been there lots of times. It's usually when I'm just like stressed and busy, but, um, okay. So here's what I would say that, the stakes aren't as high as they feel at the time when it comes to sewing. And um, I know particularly in the beginning when I was a quilter, it felt like such a big deal if I made a wrong cut, if I sewed a wrong seam, if like, just because like, oh, this fabric is kind of expensive. I can't just replace it, you know? And so the stakes did feel high, but as I've kind of gone on, you realize that it's okay. You made a wrong cut. You can piece it back together. Nobody's going to notice the scene, you know, and it just, the stakes aren't as high as sometimes we feel like they are. Um, and then always you can stop, you know, you can walk away, you can take a break and that's totally okay. I've taken breaks for like an hour, a day, a week, and that's fine. You don't need to force it. If you're not feeling it, don't force it. If you don't want to work on something, take a break. That's fine. Um, And then my final recommendation is just remember that it's supposed to be fun. You know, we're not here to make ourselves crazy. So take a breath and remember to enjoy the process and to just enjoy it while you can. So, yeah, I I love that. And I, I don't know what it is about like quilting is a hobby for lots of people. I know some people do it as a business, so there's different deadlines and things involved, but I don't know why when I'm, you know, just sewing for fun, it does feel like you cannot step away. You, you point out all these like imperfections and what you're making and nobody ever notices. Like I've never shown my quilt to somebody and had them been like, oh my God, like your points got cut off here or, you know, like, why do you use that fabric? And it's just supposed to be fun. It's so, it gets serious sometimes, but it's good to remember to 
step back and just enjoy it. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. So I love to end interviews with just rapid fire questions. No long answers needed, just whatever pops into your brain. So what is a pattern or fabric line that you're loving right now? Um, modern handcraft just came out with a new frosty pattern. It's little snowmen. They're so cute. I love that one. I like that one too. (laughs) Um, what's a favorite summer activity? Swimming with my girls. Uh, a favorite part of the quilting process. I like cutting, which I know a lot of people don't like, but I do like cutting fabric and quilting on my long arm. Oh, good for you. Those are two that I think people don't usually like. So that's fun to hear. I know. I guess I'm weird. (laughs) Um, And what is some of your best advice for a new quilter? Um, I would say that it gets easier. I think when you first start, it feels like you're brushing your teeth with the wrong hand. You know, you just like feel clunky. And but that first quilt that you make is like it's going to be a little wonky, but that will still be a treasured quilt. I still treasure my first quilt. Um, even though it's all sorts of crazy. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Natalie. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to have been on. Yeah. And we'll make sure to link to all the subscription boxes. I'm excited to check out the new Christmas one. I, I just love Christmas. (laughs) So any, any reason to celebrate and give myself extra gifts is perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much, Lindsay. Thank you. And that's it for today's show. Before we leave, I wanted to ask for everyone's help. In September, we're doing a podcast called Ask Us Anything. We do this a few times throughout the year, and it's always so fun. So please email me questions to apqpodcast at meredith.com. That's listed in our show notes. Uh, Your questions can be about anything, quilting, the magazines, personal projects, anything. We just love hearing from you all. Everyone, have a great week.